Welcome back to the Play in the Fan. I'm your host, Chris Howard. Joining me is my co-host, Glenn Higgins. Glenn, the season has started. Michigan opened up against Minnesota. Um, I, I don't really know what my expectations was going into uh, uh, this season. I, I was joking with, uh, with Angelique the other day about um, my expectations, and I said, you know what? It's kind of like going to a potluck dinner. Uh, some of it's going to be good. Some of it's going to be bad. None of it you want to take home with you. Well, and... <laughs> hey, Chris, look, we have the phoniest fan base there is, Chris, and here's why. Um, everybody was just so happy that there was games going to be played. I don't care how we do. I'm just so excited for a season. If we go 500, so be it. This is a throwaway year. And the minute things started to unravel, Chris, and I look, I'm as phony as the next guy. Uh, <laughs> that I will admit to. The minute things started to unravel, I was stomping my foot in my apartment, screaming at the TV going, here we go again. Yeah. Can't, why can't we start a game strongly? So our, every one of us is a fraud. Um and it, it didn't look good, Chris, within the first couple minutes. But my expectations are that I thought we were going to – the tough games were going to be Penn State, Wisconsin, and then Ohio State. So I thought realistically we could go five and three. Well, I, really thought Minnesota, we I thought Minnesota was going to be a tougher – was going to be a tougher team. Tougher, but I thought we'd win it, though. I thought it was 50-50, to be honest with you, because – you had Minnesota, who was bringing back uh, one of the Big Ten's um, um, top quarterbacks, number two quarterback in the Big Ten. You had Rashawn Bateman coming back. Um, what I didn't realize was, one, how young Minnesota's defensive defense was. And then also, I think what uh, played in our favor was the fact that um, I think the entire Minnesota offensive line had to be reshuffled. So yeah, kind of coming into the into the game, I thought it was 50-50 just because we had four new offensive linemen. We're breaking in a new quarterback. You don't bring Nico Collins back. You got a young secondary. So all these things I'm looking at, you know, as a, as a, as a potential to not be a very uh, good day for Michigan on top of the fact that, you know, I don't know what our record is against uh, top, uh, you know, ranked teams. I know it's not, it's not great. We, we were, I think we were one and eight or something. Like one that. and eight or one and 16 <laughs> or something like our record was not one great. In 40. Yeah. One and something. It was not great. So all those things stacked up against us. It didn't seem like uh, it was going to be an easy game. So I was kind of 50, 50 on it. Well, I, I, I don't know. I felt, I felt better about that only because I thought that as, discombobulated as we might be, I thought that they would be just discombobulated. So it was a matter in my mind of who was going to make the least mistakes. And God knows in that first possession, I was like, yep, here we go. This yeah. is just par for the course. Yeah. Um, it started out great with that nice little swing pass. I think we're about 20 some yards to Blake Corum. Um, and then, you know, it started to unravel a little bit. Yeah, you know? Ben Mason with the, the, unne uh, the, the yeah, unnecessary just yeah. – I, I was just like – I remember I – th I think I sent you a text message. You did send me a text. And I it think was, it was said it was, Jesus. So it, it, was Jesus, it, 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 it was Jesus, Ben Mason, without the Jesus, the Jesus <laughs> part. Right. Um, but, you know, you know, obviously, you know, guys are getting out there, they're um, – they're running around, hitting people, you know, a lot of excitement, a lot of adrenaline. Um, but, you know, 
it's the thing about Michigan, man, we, we tend to shoot ourselves in the foot when we're uh, when we have some momentum going. Um, I think I mentioned to you also, you know, I'm looking at our offense. We're driving the ball down the field. And, and again, no, no, no offense to uh, what's the kid's name, McMurtry or Jake McMurtry or whatever. Um, but they're putting him in the game in every defense. If you're putting that kid in the game, you know, it's not. You know, it's not a, a, yeah. a passing play. Yeah, I and it's like, I, I, I want us to, like, that could, that's a valuable rep that could go to a Giles Jackson or to a, a Mike Sanders or anybody else. And it's like, we get in this, 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 this mindset where everybody's got to get in the game, like this participation trophy stuff. And it's like, stick with the game plan, stick yeah. with what you're doing, and stick with the personnel that you've been working with all, see, all, all, all week long. Yeah, here is our text exchange, Chris. F and Ben Mason. This is from you to me. And, yeah. I, and then you go, Jesus. And then my response, of course, because I, I have to join right in, is typical Michigan primetime road start. <laughs> yeah. And then the next series when Charbonnet goes to the house, you're like, well, well, shit, LOL. Right. <laughs> so all of a sudden now all, all is right in the world. But this is, this is the nature of the roller coaster that is college football. And it's only been crazier since the pandemic um, just because of lack of practice time, especially on special teams, for God's sakes. When you look at Minnesota and lost their entire kicking. Yeah. Um, that but, was and we'll crazy. get to our kickers in a second or later down the road in this discussion. But we got big problems from a kicking perspective uh, anyway. But um, how, how did you feel prior to the game about um, – about um, Milton, if anything at all, or were you just kind of a did you have a wait and see attitude? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think anybody with a uh, with a sound mind would go into this with a let's wait and see what we got. Um, again, we know Joe has all the physical attributes. You know, he has a big, strong arm. You know, he can make you know um, the throws. But you know, what it really comes down to is being able to process what he sees in, he sees in front of him, taking what the defense gives him, um, and playing within uh, playing within the scheme of the offense. You know, this is his first time starting since, um, since high school and getting this many reps. So, you know, that was my big thing that I wanted to see was how is he going to be, quote-unquote, obviously, you know, under the bright lights, but, I mean, there's no – there's no fans in the crowd, but still at, on, on a big stage, Saturday night game against Minnesota primetime, how is he going to handle the, the, the pressure of that? And he handled it extremely well. He was cool, calm, and collective. When you, when you look in a quarterback's eyes, Joe's, Joe has the eyes that you, you want to see. They're right. still, they're, still right. they're calm. He doesn't look rattled, whereas, you know, and again, no knock against the, the kid I'm about to mention, but when you look at Brandon Peters' uh, eyes, you think Brandon Peters has – um, you know, there's grenades going off around him and, and bullets flying around his head. You know, like you ever watch one of those old school yeah, war movies yes, and yes. the first guy that comes off the boat, he's like shaking with his gun. Like he's nervous. He doesn't know yeah. what's happening. He doesn't even know why he's there. Right. It's and, like down at, at Paradise Island Marine Boot Camp when they're shooting live ammo over your head for the first it, time it, during it, drills. It, exactly. Whereas Joe looked cool, calm and collective. And so I think coming into this game, what I wanted to see from Joe was for him to just not make 
mental mistakes, the little mistakes, right. dropping the snap, um, you know, ball ball security, um, not going through his reads. You know, that's what I wanted to really see from Joe Milton. I didn't really care about a big stat line or anything like that. I didn't want to see the mental mistakes, and I think he did an outstanding job yeah, handling that. He had one force pass where he tried to put it in a window, and you know, Chris, with guys that have big cannon arms. Yeah, I don't know. Think, yeah, that window was like a yeah, creek. I don't know what yeah. he was thinking. I was like, what is he doing? Right, yeah, you, and it almost got picked. But he, but look, here's a testament of maturity that when that happened, you didn't see him try to force anything after that. No. And being able to learn from your mistakes and take them forward and, and don't make them anymore – that's the side of maturity, and I, I agree with you. And so, when, when you used to jump in the huddle with Greasy, I assume you saw a similar, you know, calmness in him because he wasn't a guy that got overly excited. He always was very even keeled. And I think when you get in the huddle, I would think that makes you all feel better that hey, we're going to be all right here, even if you're down or a play's gone bad or you've just got a penalty. Um, you know, I, I I assume that's what you saw in Brian Greasy's eyes as well. Yeah, I mean that's um, I mean that's the mark of a of a, of a leader, right? When you're able to, even if things are going, if things are crazy around you and everything is chaotic, how are you handling the pressure? And how are you internalizing the pressure? And how are you taking that energy and then transferring it to to your to your teammates, to your players, to your soldiers? And and that's what we had with Greasy in his senior year. That there was just a a calmness about Greasy that no, no matter what situation we were in, his demeanor was this, was the exact same. If we had just turned the ball over, if we had just scored a touchdown, if we had just thrown an interception, penalty, his demeanor was exactly the same, no matter what. And that would and that that helps instill more confidence in you um, as a player. So here's my next question to you. Because, Chris, I don't think there was a running back on the roster that didn't get some carries here. How, as a feature back, and you were, you know, I know you shared time, but there was a lot of games where, you know, you were the primary ball carrier in a lot of those games. How would you have felt last night with running back by committees? This wasn't running back by committee. This wasn't a running back by committee. (laughs) This was like uh, the House, the Senate. Uh, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean, yeah. for me, per me personally, I I, I would have hated it. I know um, you would have hated it. I, I would have hated. Listen, I, I I didn't like getting the ball only twelve to sixteen times a game. Like you know what I mean? Like because because you want to be the you want to be the workhorse. Yeah. You want to be the workhorse. You want to get in rhythm. You want to be able to put up some stats. You want to be able to play some. You know. Uh, be able to uh, perform at a high level, and it's very hard to do that when you're running in and out of uh, in and out of possessions. Because here's the thing: you may start off the game with the with your offensive line. It may take your offensive line a second or two for them to get in rhythm. So let's say, for example, it takes them a few series to get in rhythm, and you're the running back in that series. Coach takes you out, then puts you in, puts in another running back. And now the offensive line is clicking, and the holes are as big as the Grand the Grand Canyon. And now here you've missed your opportunity for a big play. So let's say, for example, that Corum would have been in that play where um, Haskins 
breaks off a long run. Quorum is probably saying to himself, or Chris Evans is probably saying to himself, or Zach Charbonnet is probably <laughs> saying to himself, like if that was me, I'd have took that to the that I would have took that to the house, right? right. Because yeah. those are possessions where Michigan has. We've always uh, had possessions where we break off a long run, right? We get in the red zone, but then we're not able to convert. And for for me, Michigan has to be able to put themselves in a position where those big runs aren't just aren't just chain movers. They're they're big runs. They're big plays. They're they're touchdowns. Like you've got to be able to put up points. And I'm not sure if we scored on that possession or not. But that's the point that I'm trying to make. I'd rather be a, a Chuba Hubbard or a Travis Etienne as opposed to what we're doing. And and again, that's no knock on on Jay Harbaugh's philosophy. That's just my personal opinion. Well, and here's the other thing: when you when you got um, linemen like we now appear to have, I would think as a running back, and you've said this before, the more you're running behind Jansen and Hutchinson, you get a very good feel of how to play off their blocks and how to cut behind them. Mm-hmm. And I would think that's really hard to do if you get four carries to get any kind of sense of how does this, how does Chuck Filiaka. Normally, when he pulls right. on one of these, you know, pin and pulls, um, how, how does he normally do that? And I think the more you see it, the more you know which way he's going to lean, and you're going to break off up his block. So yeah, um, yeah, because not every offensive lineman is not the is not the same. You know, Chuck Filiaga pulling um, might not be as fast as um, you know whoever whoever his backup is, right? So. So you know as a running back that I probably have to be a little bit slower because Chuck is slower. Uh, I may have to be a little bit faster because so-and-so is, is faster. So all those things play into your decision-making as, as a running back. That tells you if you need to speed up your process, if you need to do a better job of setting up your blocks. All those things kind of kind of come into play. Um, and, and you know if you're running behind Kyle Kalis, you know that he's going to run by color, <laughs> and, and you're going to have to dodge the defender. Yeah, so, you, so you know that you, you may have to do a much better job of setting up your blocks as opposed to knowing that, hey, I know so-and-so is going to get his guy. I know he likes to play more with inside leverage, or I know he has a tendency to hook his guy inside so you, you all those that's all information that you that you download the more reps that you have with the same guys so that's just that's just my opinion now the one thing i was happy about is chris we seem to have rediscovered running backs out of the backfield catching passes yeah. uh, which we we thought if that didn't happen this year especially with chris evans back i, I was going to give up because that's really the strength of his game and the guys you've recruited, including Corum, and you saw that early on in that first quarter, mm-hmm. that these guys can catch it out of the backfield. And what Gaddis is now starting to get, Chris, and he's starting to put plays together where, you know, you brought ben, you, you split out Ben Mason, you brought him in motion, right? Mm-hmm. He, he cracked down on, on some of this stuff. So all of this stuff in the next coming weeks, you're going to have – plays that run off this action that they've seen on film. Mm-hmm. And this is what we've always complained about in the past, that we've never set things up, right? Yeah. We were always show and go, um, that we were never able to kind of say, okay, 
We showed them this last week on film. Here's how we're going to play that this week. We're going to show them this, and here's what we're going to do off it. Mm-hmm. So I think now Gaddis has the weapons. He's got the uh, skill position players. And you have a quarterback who, um, you know, clearly uh, doesn't get, get doesn't get frazzled here. So I, I think all the, all the things are in place. And I don't think I expected this performance from this offensive line this early. Um. Well, well, yeah, I think, um, you know, again, I think for, for me, you know, I'm not going to take – I like what I saw, uh, but I'm not going to um, jump to any conclusions because this was the first game uh, of the season. Um, I thought the offensive line did extre- played extremely well considering, their, you know, what they're, what they're having to replace. Um, you know, there was a lot of – there was some great push um, – you know, on on the front line, I think Joe Milton is going to be a a nightmare for people in short yardage situations. Um, he has great patience. Um, you know, he did very good. He did very well in, in the run game. Um, but I think you know we're going to see more as Michigan plays better talented teams like your Wisconsin's, like your Penn State's, obviously like your like your Ohio State's. I think that's to me that is the gauge of how good this offense will be, could be, when we see them up against teams like that. But this is no doubt a a great start for this offense because now you can put, you have tape. Now you can go to the film room and you can watch all this stuff, watch your mistakes, watch what you did wrong. And let's not forget, you know, you know we're in a pandemic where most of these kids couldn't practice. Um, they're scheduling with their schedules all off. Um, but then at the same time, actually, you know, since the, the season got postponed, they actually ended up getting, what, an extra 10, 15 days of practice in. Uh, so I think that was beneficial for them. But I think all in all, from an offensive standpoint, every everybody was really, really sound. Yeah. And here's the other thing you said to me during the text of me during this game is, thank God Nico Collins left. And you were saying that before Nico's sake. Oh yeah. Not not for anybody else because the way this offense runs and the way they're spreading the ball around, Nico would have got his three touches in the fourth quarter probably. Right. I mean, this listen, Ron, this Ronnie Bell. I don't think Ronnie Bell had a catch in the first half. No, he didn't. I I, I think all of Ronnie Bell, Ronnie Bell, and he's our he's our number one <laughs> receiver. So right. Ronnie Bell, I don't think had a catch. If he had a catch, it was one catch um, in the first half. Uh, most of his catches came in the second half, in the, I think in the in the th- end of the third, uh, middle of the third, fourth quarter. Most of his catches came during during that time period. Uh, Ronnie so, Bell had four catches for seventy four, and most of them of those yards were on that one where he fell down. Yes, where he hit score. Okay, so yes. so so there you go. So if so, so here so here's the, let me just give you a little sense, Chris, of how the ball was spread around. So Ronnie Bell had four. Roman Wilson had two. Eric All had two. Blake Corum had that one out of the backfield. Giles Jackson, two. A.J. Henning, one. Sanders, still one. Chris Evans, one. And Ben Mason, one. Yeah. So and so here's the thing. And here's why I say that. The game plan would not have changed even, right. even if you would have had Nico Collins back. Correct. Right? Because, right. again, you're having to break in a new quarterback. Um, Nico plays on the, out, on the outside. We weren't going to take a whole lot of shots down the field. Um, we were going to play within within the system, play within within the game plan, and that was the game plan that was designed for Joe Milton. 
not a game plan for us to get the ball to Nico Collins. It was a game plan designed for um, putting uh, uh, Joe in the best position to succeed. And throwing the ball down the field to Nico uh, would not have been in, in Joe's best interest. So if you're Nico Collins, you're looking at this situation, you made the right decision not coming back because you might have had one catch. Uh, <laughs> in this in this right. game, so for Nico, pat yourself on the back. Um, go get ready for for the draft. He would have been opting out today, Chris. <laughs> if, if he would have played <laughs> last night. He, he might have. Yeah, exactly. He might have opted out um, today because there's just no, there's no understanding what our offensive philosophy is, um, and I think we got a, a good glimpse of it right now. And I, it, they'll probably expand more as Joe gets more comfortable in seeing how he progresses. But if you're Nico Collins, you don't have the time for someone to see how they progress. You know, you've got to go out there and put up, you know, big numbers and do big things. So if you're Nico Collins, you got to, you got enough tape on. People know what you can do. Go get ready for the NFL. Here's the, and here's the other thing. Joe Milton is a cameraman's worst nightmare. We were also going back and yeah. forth on this because – the cameraman could not keep up or stay in front of Joe Milton's passes. Yeah, yeah. He was late. So by the time the cameraman panned over, the catch was already made. Because yeah. you never saw it kind of go into the guy's arms. It was yeah. already over with. He, 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 was, he was like falling out of bounds with the ball before <laughs> the camera guy adjusted the camera to to see if the right. catch was. It was yeah. like one of it was like watching when they do those when they do the razzle dazzle plays, the fake plays. No, when they do the fake plays where they fake it like the kickoff, the handoff, and the cameraman follows the wrong person, yeah, right. and he yeah. has to swing back to see uh, what's going on. That's what it felt like. Like this kid's arm is just—I mean, it's just incredible. I mean, again, we knew what he could do just from a physical standpoint, um, but seeing him do it live in a game, it was just—it was—it was a beautiful thing to see. And, and here's here's what um, I also think that you mentioned those extra days of practice that they had. Clearly, the receivers are used to the velocity on that those balls. You know, yeah. Sanders still I think I think Sanders still had that one where he went up and caught yeah. that bullet and then was able to keep his foot down. And normally, if you're having to worry about just catching the bullet, you're not as aware of where your feet are, mm -hmm. but I, it looked like nobody had any problems catching his ball that they're used to it. No, no, no. No one had, a, had any issue whatsoever. Um, he did, um, you know what I mean? But I think that that's a tribute to the work Joe did during the offseason. Um, you know, he stayed up in Michigan. He worked with Devin Gardner. He worked with um, some of the receivers. Um, so I think that's a tribute to the, to the work that he did um, during the offseason as well. And uh, and just building chemistry with his receivers, you know? Um, yeah. that's That's part of it. And the other thing you and I noticed, and how how annoyed did we used to be when J.T. Barrett quarterbacked Ohio State? Because at any given time, at will, J.T. Barrett could fall forward and get seven or eight yards to move the chains or to set up a second inch short. He would just do that little pull. He'd pull it and run right off tackle, and before you know it, it's second and three. And yeah. like, damn, second and three or. Or first down, 30, 40 yard pickup or touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I think, uh, you know, Joe had that one run on his, uh, 
on the far sideline. I told, I think I texted you. I told you that great run, but he's got a score there. He yeah. he's big. He's physical. Um, he's got to turn those again. And we're, we're talking about possessions here because with, with Michigan, we we're we're not guaranteed to have a great play that turns into a touchdown the next the next play. You have to take those possessions, those those opportunities, and turn those big plays into touchdowns. And I think he'll get better as he gets more comfortable, as he starts to be like, you know what? I'm a when he, I feel like he is now kind of coming into and understanding his. I'm a big dude. Like I can shake off a lot of this stuff. Right. But that's going to come more with more reps, more running, more belief in yourself, and. Um, and when I think when Joe gets back to the mentality that he had in Florida, he's going to be lights out. I, I just don't see how, Chris, you can't get six or seven yards when he just tucks it and runs behind Mayfield um, on that right side in the guard. Pool. I, I just don't see how you you can't get seven or eight yards. Well, well, listen, you know, somebody somebody's going to design up something to to combat that. But like to your well, point earlier. That's you want them to do that. You want them to That's believe right. that that is a bread and butter play for us because they actually came back with the same kind of look and threw it. To, I think uh, to Eric That's All. Right. It's and, an RPO dream, Chris. Yeah, exactly. So you want them to think that in third and short, this situation that we're in, second and short, whatever it is, that we're going to line up and, and run this kind of counter tray with Joe. So that we can now set up something with the tight end sneaking up the uh, sneaking up the, the scene. Yeah, and you know what I also loved? I loved how we had we brought people in motion across the formation, and then they just kind of whether it's Charles Jackson or whoever circled back into the backfield, kind of. And, and now, if you're sitting there as a linebacker or, or mm-hmm. a safety, saying, "All right, I had that guy coming across at man. Now who's got him?" Right. I mean. You're making them think, and when when you have to make defenders think, and they can't react, mm-hmm. or their keys change yeah. because of the action, um, that's how you sneak people up the seam, uh, and you confuse defenses. So I fe- I feel like now Gaddis, everything he showed this week is going to set something up for next week against Michigan State. So this now is, I think, what speed and space Chris was meant to be. Um, and now you have the right guy that can actually run it and the skill position players that are able to execute it. And I'm really surprised that they figured out how much of a weapon Ben Mason can be in the blocking. I mean, it's almost it's almost like having another guard cracking yeah. down when you bring him as an H-back yeah. across the well, formation. Well, he had, I mean, he, he had some, out, I mean, they, I mean, what they did with Ben Mason um, in this game is, I mean, they did the same thing with him last year. Um, they used him a lot in, in some of the uh, uh, some of those uh, counter counter traps, um, and he is, I mean, he's a formidable uh, uh, blocker in there. I mean, he's a seek and destroy, uh, you know, kind of guy, and uh, he's going to be very valuable in in not just the black in the um, in in the pass protection and blocking for the running backs. He's going to be valuable when you're talking about, again, setting up that same look. And instead of him coming in and, and, and kicking out somebody, he's setting it up and then releasing out into the flat, you know, for a wide open touchdown. So all these things that we're talking about, is it's really about 
not being a show-and-go offense, but giving the defense things and having to make them think about stuff, having to make them be disciplined, read their keys, but also putting yourself in a position where you're taking advantage of a disciplined team. No, I, I agree. Remember, um, I, we always say, you know, don't you, you're going to make them trust their eyes, right? Or, or um, what, when you say discipline, someone who's spent the entire week looking at film on what my keys are, yeah, are going to follow that flow, um, and then you counter off that. So I, I feel yeah. like we're in a really good spot from an offensive standpoint, to be able to cause teams nightmares. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm telling you, there was not one drive, Chris, that after Minnesota scored that I didn't think we could answer on. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have that feeling of like, oh, God, here we go. Right. We're going to go through this quarter drought. Um, I felt like we were going to be able to counter um, every single time, and we did. Yeah. So, well, and, and, and that's a testament, too, because I, I, I don't remember – um, I don't remember Minnesota blitzing a whole lot, and so I think that was. And, and if they did, it was I didn't see Joe get got pressured a couple times, forced out of the pocket uh, a couple times. But for the most part, Joe was clean. Uh, he had a clean pocket. He was in rhythm. He was he was in rhythm. He was on time, and um, and he was. So there was there was there was consistent movement. There was. Um, Consistency in the play calling, consistency in the, uh, the the diversity of personnel that we use, and so that allowed your team to really find a momentum, and then also at the same time keep Minnesota's defense on their heels. Yeah, and they, and they could not commit um, to blitzing, Chris, even in, in some obvious passing situations, because of the personnel we had on the field. Because there was mismatches, yeah. so they had to, in many cases, stay in their base defense. So it's it's back to the pick your poison, and we've always complained that we've never, you know, that's what Ohio State has, right? Pick your poison. How do you want us to beat you? Um, we never really had those options before, so I'm I'm excited about the possibilities here because I think we're heading in that direction. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, all right. Let's talk about defense. Um, <laughs> I know, yeah, I, I know a lot, a lot of issues. But again, we've always said, let if you have an offense that can pick up your defense or keep pace, right, or an offense that makes the other team have to keep pace with you, everything changes. And you know, Nick Saban said it this week: college football now is an offensive game. That's what it is. It's yeah. it, you know, he. It's great that Alabama would have a great defense, but if you can't have an explosive offense, you cannot be an elite in today's college football. And Nick Saban said it, and that's where we are. So, you know, the offense, every time the defense uh, let let a drive go, you know, and we'll talk about the third quarter because that still is our Achilles heel uh, every single year. The first drive that the opposition has in third quarter, it seems like they always score yeah. uh, against us. But now we have the ability to, to counter right back and, and take it down the field. So um, give me your initial thoughts about strengths and weaknesses on the defensive side. Ooh, um, listen, here, here's the thing. Um, and this is where I, I think we're going to have some issues uh, down the road is, again, this was not Minnesota's starting offensive line. And 
we they gave us some issues. I mean, I mean, when's the last time a team said we're going to run at you, right, or run straight up the gut? Because normally that is a fool's errand when you're going up against a Michigan defense that's been uh, that's been coached under Don Brown. Like nobody runs in the teeth of of a Michigan defense, and and Minnesota did that and did that extremely well. So I have some concerns um, that we were not able to um, to dominate uh, up against this offensive line that was 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 a patchwork offensive line. Um, yeah, Quidipay had three back to back sacks. I mean, but that was in the fourth quarter when they were down thirty something points when they when they had to uh, when they had to pass. Um, but for the most part of the game, Quidipay um, was was. Was pretty was pretty quiet. So yeah, four, four total tackles and two of those were sacks. So well, three of those were sacks. Well, have, they, that's the stats. They don't have three down, but oh, okay. Uh, they have they have two, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. It's not like the same story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I have issues with uh, the the amount of yardage that we were able to give up with the running uh, game, um, running at the teeth of the defense. Not only that, um, contained was was terrible. Uh, I mean, the running back was bouncing, bouncing the ball off the off the tackle for a huge gain. Uh, we our deep our defensive backs kept getting sucked in and not and not keeping yeah. um, outside leverage. Yep. Um, so I'm I have some concerns, and I think in the secondary we're we're still young. Um, I think uh, I think Jamon Green. I think our secondary is serviceable. I think. Um, Javon Green and, and Vincent Gray are, are, are serviceable. Um, obviously, Dax Hill is Dax Hill. Um, you know, uh, you know Brad Hawkins. You know, I, I expect him to be. I expect him to elevate his game. I'm not too sure. I really saw that uh, this game. He got sucked in a couple times where he had miscontained. Also, there was also it was also some holes, man, that I cannot believe that yeah, the yeah. referees did not call. It was just just horrible. Yeah. Um, missed calls there where, you know, the, the receiver is literally holding Brad Hawkins uh, by his jersey, preventing him from, from you know, making a play. So, you know, it, it, it didn't, it, it didn't, it wasn't reminiscent of a Don Brown. And it, listen, the stats are going to say one thing, but I'm just saying from what I saw from the, being able not to be able to stop the run, um, that, that gives me pause. That gives yeah. me a lot of pause. Well, names you did not hear last night. I didn't hear Chris Hinton's um, name at all. No, you? no. I mean, he, okay. he got some run, but he was getting washed uh, down. Uh, <laughs> he was getting caught in the wash. Yeah. Uh, where, where, you know, I, I'm, I'm telling you, depth is still an issue. Where's Mozzie Smith? I didn't hear that name. Is he? Did he get the Well, I don't, I don't know. Thing? I mean, there may, there may be an injury. There may be a COVID thing. Right. I don't know. I, um, I'm just saying that. Wessel, Wesselhoff. Played a lot. Um, he he played pretty well. I saw Jeter, Upshaw. Jeter played well. Jeter played Jeter played okay. Um, he had that uh, that 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 touchdown. Uh, uh, David Ajabo got some run in there. Um, but again, no no one really on to obviously uh, 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 Hutchinson. You know he's a he's a freaking man child. I mean that kid is just. Yeah. Is just a beast, so I don't want to go without mentioning him. I think he had a, he had an excellent game. He he influenced a lot of plays 
Um, and so I think he did extremely well. Uh, but we're talking about like again the interior of this defensive line. Yeah, it's no correct. one really, no one really stood out. No, the the middle we were very soft in that middle, Chris. And yeah. Abraham, Abraham, if when he wasn't bouncing, it was was untouched for the first six yards. Yeah. Right up the middle of that interior line. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah, that's definitely a problem. And to your point. This was reminiscent of Wisconsin last year where the safeties were running downhill like Metellus, and this year it was Hawkins, and get you know, getting um, getting just washed to the inside and Abraham was bouncing it outside. And yeah. you, you cannot come downhill um, ang- taking bad angles to the center of the field and now there's no containment. And there was nobody out there once he got outside, yeah. and we're lucky that a couple of those weren't broken. Yeah, yeah, I, I know we're, we're talking about playing this, this 3-4 defense so we can get four four linebackers out on the field, but if, if, if that's going to, if that's going to um, make us vulnerable to the run game, which is something that, you know, that's been our, our calling card is being able to stop the run game. And right now, it just, it's not, I don't know if, it, if it's necessarily a depth thing, but guys that we are depending on, um, like like Hinton and Mozzie Smith, um, they've got to make their presence felt yeah. when they get in when they get in the game. Because right now, um, I'm not seeing it from 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 anyone other than uh, Pay and uh, again, I can't pronounce the kid from Jeremy Wesselhoff, whatever his name is, yeah. no, no, yeah, Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, oh, Night Rider. Uh, Night Rider. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was, he had some good plays up in there. But um, this, this, this defensive line, man, they're gonna have to get it together. Or, or you know, teams that like to like like to run the ball, like Wisconsin, um, like Penn State. Uh, you know, and listen, you know, we, we're, I think we're, we're heavy favorites to, to beat, um, you know, Michigan State, and that, and that should, that should be, favorites. that shouldn't even be a game. But if if they decide to you know take a page out of uh, of uh, you know Minnesota's playbook and say hey we're gonna try to just stick the run in the ball and take out and, and bleed the clock and try to keep you know Michigan's offense right. off the field. Right, give us a chance in the fourth quarter. Right. You know, and give a chance in the fourth quarter. We got to be able to get them off the field. Every every chance we get, we have to be able to get those teams off the field. And you're not gonna be able to do that by giving up five six yards per carry. Yeah, and um, let, let's talk at some individual performances. So Dax Hill, who didn't really play much in the second half, we don't know what his injury is. Um, they haven't said anything, and they're not going to say anything, especially with Michigan State Week. But you saw the difference he is when he flies up by 100 miles an hour from that secondary to make tackles on the outside. Mm-hmm. There was a significant drop-off uh, of, of run support, et cetera, once he was out of the game. Yeah. Um, now, Macari Page is a freshman in there. Did a, did an okay job. Remember Josh Metellus a couple of years ago uh, when, when he got put in there and thrown into the fire, uh, did a decent job. I felt like Macari Page did a decent job. But it's not Dax Hill. And right. he's a difference maker when he's especially in the, in the slot because what happened is they moved Bateman into the slot. Now you had poor Vincent Gray who, look, I – well, Vincent Gray was supposed to be the man that was supposed to stick him, I, I stick him anyway. That was supposed well, to be that was supposed to be part of the whole the whole coverage. I and know, I know. you know, with Macari Page, he's a he's a freshman kid. 
He's 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 got to understand that this is college football. This is not high school anymore. The athletes are different. Your technique is what's going to get you um, more playing time and more opportunities. Um, a few times he was just out of position. Um, to you know, be expected. To be, yeah, exactly, yeah. to be expected. But the, the, the kid for me, though, um, Glenn, was Michael Barrett. Uh, Michael Barrett was all yeah. over the field. I mean, he was, he was coming down and run support. And, and it, the good thing about Michael Barrett is his versatility. He was lined up at safety a few times. He came down and run support, made some great plays. Um, I really like the way he the, the way he attacks the ball. Um, and, and, and remember, he was a quarterback coming out of high school, so you know he's got some athleticism to him. He understands what the defense uh, is trying to do, and uh, so I was really impressed with with, with Michael Barrett. And obviously, Cam McGrone is is still Cam McGrone. He's playing with that big club on his hand. So hopefully, you know, when he gets better, he'll be at, he'll be at 100. percent um, and then also uh, Van Summeren. Van Summeren was out there playing. He played really well. So linebacker crew played well, but we have to do a better job of keeping them clean in the run game. Yeah, and Barrett, I, you know, I said this to you, that reminded me of a faster Delano Hill. And not, not Delano's probably bigger in body, but what I meant was from a versatility standpoint, any. He's not your brill, but he's got a little bit of brill because he has the ability to knife in there and make plays. I mean, certainly that shot that he, he gave on that Minnesota quarterback that led to the touchdown, that was a Jabril-like hit or maybe even a Khalid Hudson-type hit. But he's a, he, he's a chess piece you can move all over the field if you're Don Brown. And, damn it, if, if you got Dax Hill and you got – Barrett in there at the same time. Now you really got something. Yeah. Um, chess pieces. It's good. It's good to only have one of them. But when you got two of those together, yeah. um, I think you're going to give offensive fit, uh, fits to the other team. Yeah, and I think um, also um, I think what will help them out though is I think uh, Don Brown has got to do a better job of putting them in in better positions to succeed. Um, I think uh, still I, there was still and, and again I, I I don't know what the, the 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 play count was versus how many man plays we uh, we played how many zone plays we played but I think we got to do a better job of of doing some zone coverages uh, because one time we 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 ran it effectively uh, we forced the turn we forced the turnover with uh, with Ross yeah. Ross drops back into coverage. Um, uh, uh, Tanner uh, Tanner Morgan is thinking he's going to have a guy coming across, right. you know, um, you know, clean, and and he's not expecting the linebacker to be in that right. in that passing lane, and that's what that's what the the the, the zone coverages gives you the opportunity to do because they weren't going to take a whole lot of shots. You can run bracket coverage on on Bateman, but a lot of times I, I'm just not as confident with Vincent Gray and Green in one on one coverage. Uh, against some of the better receivers in the Big Ten. Yeah, no, I, I am not either. And particularly, you know, you said this, I think, I'm not sure, I think maybe it was late second half, you texted me, you said, defense is wearing down because Minnesota was going on long drives. Yeah, and, and they were bleeding the clock. They, were, right, they, weren't right. snapping the, they weren't snapping the ball to like two seconds on, right. on the clock. And we're lucky that they, you know, collected that stupid fake punt in his own end. I don't know what that was, but 
you know, the Haskins made a great play on it, but I just think the call was ridiculous. So we got lucky there, and we got lucky that, you know, uh, Morgan overthrew Abraham in the, in the end zone and on that fourth down because he was wide open, Chris. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, we got some breaks, but if those went the other way, this might have been a different ball game. Yeah. 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 I mean, listen, we're, we're, we're very rarely on the on the positive side of unfortunate events. Right. We're very rarely the recipient of uh, of someone else's um, plays our way. mistakes. Right? Yeah. The ball doesn't tend to to bounce Bouncing our way ahead. whatsoever. So, um, yeah. You know, but but that's you know, that's college football. You there's some opportunities that either you take advantage of them or you don't. You miss those opportunities for. For Minnesota, they missed they missed quite a few opportunities. They had some chances to, to kind of make this a closer game um, than what the score reflected. But to your point earlier, um, Michigan also answered every time that they came right. down and and scored. And that's what you have to be able to that's what you have to be able to do in today's college football game. Yeah, and it's and it's such a, a backbreaker because when you get a little bit of momentum as Minnesota did. And then to just give up another touchdown the other way. It's not even a field goal you're giving up. You were trading touchdowns. It's kind of the way we felt when it's Ohio State and, you know, it's 24-22 at halftime. And you and I are like, this game's over. Because you know you're not going to be able to trade touchdowns with them in the second half. So it's good that we are now giving that same feeling to other teams that have been given to us. But, yeah, look, some of this stuff I think will get cleaned up. On, on the defense, defensive side, it has to be, um, you know, Michigan State. I, I'm telling you, Chris, 24 points. I may bet every dime I have to take Michigan State in 24 points. It's just weird stuff happens in this game. Yeah. Um, and I think they're going to have I, – I put this out on Twitter today. He would be my strategy if, if I was Michigan State. I would run right at Hutchinson and Quiddy Pay. Uh, hoping to wear them out, right? I'd run right at them with Elijah Collins, even though I know he's in the doghouse. Um, I'd be screening us to death. Um, I'd be using short passing game as an extension of their running game. Um, and and Listen, I think, you know, as long as they don't turn it over seven times, this is going to be a closer game than we think. Run game, crossing routes, yes. wide receiver bubble screens, wide receiver yep. screens, um, uh, short passing game, you know, uh, and then, you know, taking a page out of Minnesota's book, you know, mixing it up with some hurry up and then at the same time letting the clock tick down a little bit. Make it a, make it a longer game. Keep that Michigan offense off the field. Keep that Michigan offense out of rhythm. Yeah, and that's what you you thought Mich- uh, Minnesota was trying to do was yesterday. You thought that was yeah. part of their game plan. Um, Chris – you know, I, on Vincent Gray in the slot, on, when they started to run those crossing routes, I, I, I was thinking to myself, God, I would run that all day because we were giving him inside leverage and he was having free release off the line. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, is this how we're teaching play man-to-man? There was literally no free release and we're chasing the crossing route from the get-go because yeah. we're giving him inside leverage. I'm like, shit, I don't know why they haven't been running that all game again. Yeah. Yeah. No way if I'm giving up inside, that. if I'm giving up inside leverage, the only reason I'm giving up inside leverage is because I want him to go across because I know I have, a, him off. I have a, a defense alignment or DN dropping off right. into that box on the other side. 
That's the right. only reason I'm kind of not necessarily passing him up, passing him off. I'm still going to be in a trail position, but I know I have. You got help. Right? I know I got help on the other on the other side because if it's a quick throw, I got somebody. I got somebody there. So yeah. that's the only reason I I give up inside inside leverage because if you're Vincent Smith, not Vincent Smith. I'm sorry. If you're if you're right. Vincent Gray. Um, you know, Vincent Gray is a is a four six guy at, at best. So you know, to put him in a slot covering some of these quicker, faster receivers, that's just that's a mismatch. Yeah. Um, well, and then the final thing is the kicking game, Chris. I don't, you know, I know that Nordine was dressed. I don't know if he had an injury. Well, but, Harbaugh said he's working through a thing that that could be injury, right, well, that could be discipline, that could be something. Right, it could be any of those things. Could be a new haircut. Teddy doesn't want to <laughs> debut yet. But uh, man, we got issues because we weren't even close, and those were all makeable kicks. And Moody, you, you think you were looking into the eyes of a guy whose eyes were as wide as saucers? Moody looked defeated on all three of those kicks. And you know, this was a guy who two years ago I thought he was money. Yeah. Um, but we have kicking issues and. You cannot um, be missing those those field goals. I no. mean, some are thirty three yards. Well, well, listen, um, and that's why one of them was a bad hold, but still. And that's why I say, Glenn, when we have big play opportunities, those big plays have, have to be to. points. Yeah. You know, yeah. it can't be. You know, listen. By any means, I'm not saying like you know, but when you look at uh, the Clemson's and the Ohio State's, when those guys break out into the into the open. No one's catching them. Those are those are that's six points, and those big plays like that for us have to be touchdowns. They have to be home runs because we're not guaranteed. I mean, we we've never been, at least in in my memory in the Harvard era, that we've never been a very good red zone team. So we have to be able to um, take advantage of those plays and take and, and turn those big gains into touchdowns. Yeah, no, agree. Especially so knowing talk, now that the kicking game is what it is. Yeah, so let's just talk real quickly about the around the Big Ten. So, Chris, news breaking right now um, on Wisconsin. Graham Mertz, their quarterback who went, what, 20 for 21 the other night on Friday night for Wisconsin? Um, the kid is uh, ridiculous. That quarterback um, has tested positive for COVID. Now, wow. the Big Ten rules are 21 days, Chris, meaning he would miss um, the Michigan game, the Purdue game. Unless this was a false positive, he would miss three games. Right. Well, they're, well, they're going to do – they're going to – like with Nick Saban, right, they're going to give him – he's got he's going to have to take, like, three tests. And if, as long as he passed those three tests, um, not counting the one that he just took, if he passed, he has to pass three COVID tests. He passed those three COVID tests. I think he'll be fine because that's I, what happened I, I, with Nick no, Saban. I, no, I no. The Big Ten has a different rule. Oh, this that's right. This, I'm thinking days. SEC. Yeah, this is SEC, so this is not right. Big Ten. So unless this is a false positive, I'm sure they're going to give a second test. Um, he would miss Nebraska, Purdue, and Michigan game. Wow. I you know, know you know what's funny is uh, PJ uh, PJ Fleck made uh, a very interesting comment, and I think it's the right comment. Um, he said this season, considering the pandemic, is going to be who lasts the longest by right. doing yeah. it right. Right. Yeah. That means 
self, you know, uh, isolating, mass, all those things coming into place because who starts this week is not guaranteed to be the same person that starts next week. Now, and remember, Jack, Jack Cohn, the, the starter from last year, Wisconsin, has been hurt. Yeah. So you're now theoretically on the Wisconsin third-string quarterback. Their entire game change, their entire everything changes for them if this, in fact, is a positive thing. Well, listen, from, from your lips to God's ears, we all, we all know how when we think we got a backup quarterback <laughs> playing, <laughs> the backup quarterback comes in and lights us up for 500 yards. Unless it's Michigan's backup quarterback. <laughs> Unless it's Michigan's backup quarterback. If it's somebody else's backup quarterback, they yeah. are probably guaranteed to have a stellar Heisman-type yeah. game. We launched Dwayne Haskins' career, Chris. Listen, Remember Dwayne that? Haskins' career. Don't forget when uh, when Dwayne came in. Don't forget when uh, – uh, didn't uh, – who got hurt in uh, – didn't Justin Fields come in for like – Took over and everybody was like, "Oh, the freshman's in." And, no, 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 because yeah. he's a transfer from Georgia. It yeah, was, the JT Barrett got hurt, and Haskins came in and took him on a touchdown drive. Yeah, that we thought was going to be a game changer. Yeah, yeah, that uh, was to it. Beat us at home. <laughs> ridiculous. So, know, ridiculous. Yeah, so. I'm not putting my trust in the backup quarterback situation. Yeah, so. we're gonna make but yeah, that, that's going to be uh, that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for Wisconsin. Yeah, and it can happen to any of us. Yeah, any of us, um, exactly. Any of us. Any so, of us. If I was, listen, if you're a player, man, and you're trying to get, get to the next level, listen, I would be, I would be walking around campus like, like uh, Bubble Boy, the movie Bubble Boy, like just. Look, I, there's nothing. Look, I've never heard more BS than what you just said. Um, you even admitted that if you were back in the day. You'd still be sneaking some girl into your place. No, 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 no. no. That's <laughs> ju- that's that's joking. Oh. Seriously, <laughs> no. If, if seriously, I mean, we're talking about 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 well, you know this this pandemic. I mean, if it was if you're serious about your craft and you're trying to get to the next level, man, you need to be taking every precaution possible. Like, yeah, like no, this, I, this I, is yeah, a situation look, this is not something just, to be fooling around. Yeah, with. this 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 can be this can cost you money. This can cost yeah, you millions. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, it, you have to make this. It, it, not only is it a safety issue for your teammates and your, you know, your uh, classmates, but you're right. It's a business decision for a lot of these guys. Um, so you have to. And, and imagine you're the one guy, Chris, who goes out to you know the party or, or the, the kegger, and you bring it back. I mean, I can't imagine how pissed. The rest of your teammates would be when they've been sacrificing. So yeah, you um, might as well opt out. You <laughs> might as well, you might as well opt out and transfer. Opt out and portal. transfer. Yeah. You know. So um, the other things uh, I test. Um, I, I thought that Ohio State um, Justin Fields, Chris. I'm not sure I wouldn't take him over Trevor Lawrence. That's how good Justin Fields is playing. Um, the Ohio State receivers are ridiculous, just as, as we knew they would be. The defense has some issues, just like ours. But, um, you know, Nebraska did move the ball and, and score some points on them. So we'll see what happens. I'm sure they're going to get that corrected. But Ohio yeah. State's as good as advertised. They'll, they'll have that corrected by the time they play us. <laughs> That's right. No yeah. need to worry. Yeah, no need uh, to worry. I, Iowa and Purdue are pretty much Iowa and Purdue. 
Um, I, I'm wondering, I didn't see how much Rondell Moore did in that game. He didn't play. Oh, he didn't play? No, okay. no, he didn't play. Is that, was he sick or why uh, was he they, Well, we don't know yet. Oh, okay. Um, no one knows. If nobody's playing and you're not hurt, it's got to be COVID-related. So Purdue ended up winning that game. Northwestern just destroyed Maryland. Forget Maryland's, you know, going to be good in a year or two, Chris. I, I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't, who they said that? Two is, they, well, people have been saying that Loxley's been recruiting at a high level. He's got two his brother as quarterback, and they got they got railroaded by uh, Northwestern. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I'm trying to see who else uh, really stuck out to me in, in yesterday in the Big Ten. Rutgers. Um, well, yeah, I that Shiano is making a difference there. Plus, you got Dwumpor in there. We could have used him this year, Chris. <laughs> yeah. We could have oh. used him this year. Sure you got Drew, Sing- Drew Singleton's playing here, ex-Michigan. You got a bunch of Nebraska and Ohio State transfers. So mm-hmm. um, they're much better. Now, part of that is Michigan State is just horrendous. But I don't expect them to be any good. Right. Um, you know, Mel Tucker, he doesn't even know who, who can play. Right. But the one thing that is shocking to me is – Elijah Collins didn't start, barely got any carries. So that's really shocking to me. And they got this kid running back, and you'll see this week, if you didn't watch any of the game, Simmons, who really hits the hole very quickly, and he's, he runs inside the tackles very fast. Uh, but before you know it, he's you know at the second level. So we better, better get that shit straightened out before we play them because they will have some running success with that kid on us. And Jalen Reed, the the uh, transfer from CMU had an up and down game, a bunch of turnovers, but he had 128 yards receiving. So yeah. he is good. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to be turning the ball over, making a lot of those dumb mistakes. So right. Well, the, the key for Michigan will be getting to making uh, Rocky Lombardi yeah. Yeah. uncomfortable and making them a one-dimensional right. team. Yeah. Right. And so the the, the the it was Bateman this week, and it's going to be Reed is going to be the guy you got to stop. Next week, along with Naylor, I mean they're pretty good. Um, so I, I think that game's going to be closer. So I, I mean that's that's you know I think we've talked about and learned about as much as we could for this week. So I got nothing else. You? That's it. All right. Well, uh, we'll hopefully talk to you soon after next week's game, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Play in the fan. All right. Hopefully this thing recorded. Want to just just play it back for a second? See.